Let us stand for the hearing of God's good news. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11 in the New Revised Standard Version. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command those stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him so to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When countries and nations get into trouble, very often God sends prophets to them to remind them of something of sacred worth that they had forgotten. God has done this since the beginning of time. In the Hebrew scriptures, God sent prophets to the people of Israel to say to them, you have forgotten something. You have forgotten the deep and sacred worth of all people. And you need to change to become more godlike in, in that uh, journey of trust. Joel was a prophet in the Hebrew Scriptures. And we begin the seasons of Lent always with the prophet Joel, the second chapter. We hear those scriptures on Ash Wednesday. God bless whoever's in need as the police and first responders respond. Um, this past Ash Wednesday, just like every other Ash Wednesday, we began with Joel. And in particular, the prophet Joel had something to say then and has something to say now. Scholars are not sure exactly when Joel lived. Many believe that it was about 600 years before the birth of Jesus the Christ. What he addresses in his book is that there's a famine in the land, wherever that is. Maybe it's in exile, maybe it's back in Israel, Palestine. Scholars are not sure. But what he writes about is a famine. There was fear throughout the land that there would not be enough to eat. The economy was completely disrupted. Supply lines were cut off. People were hoarding. People were anxious. People were going to 
Costco and buying them out of everything, whatever the Costco was at the time. And people began to think, some people, which is often the case even still, that when bad things happen, God is doing it. And so people were thinking, wow, we must have done something very wrong because God is punishing us with a famine. That can be an act of nature, which is different than an act of God. And too often, God is blamed for things that are often human-caused. And for some reason, God just allows that to happen. But God sent Joel to the people then to say, no, let me tell you who God is. God is gracious. God is merciful, compassionate. God is slow to anger. God is abounding in steadfast love. People then and the people now become, we become who we worship. If we worship a vindictive God, chances are good we're going to become vindictive Christians. If we worship a judgmental God who zaps whole regions with famine, then we will also become judgmental Christians who zap people with our words or our negative energy. If we worship a God who Joel describes as gracious, merciful, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love, chances are better that we will become Christians who are merciful, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love. I sense Joel has a word for us in the year of our Lord 2020. As we are facing a choice of do we get wrapped up in fear and hoarding and anxiety over the coronavirus? Or will we continue to return to the Lord, which is what Joel says to us, return to the Lord. Return to the Lord your God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. I have a hope for Christians, and for us, and for me, that we will not get wrapped up in the voices of fear and scarcity, but that we will be known as Oh, they're they're the Christians who are merciful. They're the Christians who are compassionate. They're the Christians who are slow to anger and they just keep loving. Oh, they're the Christians who give their things away. 
They're the Christians who have some supplies and they share them with their neighbors. I hope that that's how God will use us in this chapter of our lives, in this chapter of the coronavirus, that we have an opportunity to be known in our neighborhoods, in our area, in our workplaces as, oh, they're followers of Jesus. They're the generous ones. They're the ones that haven't lost their mind. (laughs) You'll see that little icon on your bulletins that says, return to the Lord with all your heart. That's from Joel. That will remind us every Sunday throughout the season of Lent that we need to just keep returning to the Lord. When we get afraid, which is understandable and natural, we just keep returning to the Lord. Jesus had to return to the Lord often, every day, every moment of the day, throughout that 40 days of fasting and prayer, so that when he came out of that wilderness experience, he could withstand the voice of the tempter. And the voice of the tempter was a voice of scarcity. The voice of the demonic in this passage is a voice of scarcity. The devil, who, by the way, is quoting all sorts of scripture, says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, then command these stones to become bread. Jesus says, it is also written that One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the voice of God. The tempter, the voice of scarcity, starts by saying, there's not enough food. Then he says to Jesus, and there's also not enough fame. You could be famous if you Come with me up to the top of the temple and throw yourself off because the scriptures say the angels will not let your foot be dashed against the stone. And when you do that, you will be so famous. And Jesus says, you don't need to put the Lord your God to the test because Jesus has come from a place of abundance. He realizes that there's no need for fame. The devil shows him all of the kingdoms of the earth and says, if you bow down and worship me, all this will be yours. That that will tell you something about who's really in charge of all the kingdoms of the earth. Jesus says, don't need it. That kind of power is not really power. Some of you have had conversations with me, and, and I so respect the way some of you are wrestling with the idea of the welcoming prayer, which says we welcome God, and then we say, God, I let go of the desire for security, 
affection, and control. Things that we work very hard on since the time we were toddlers, maybe even babies. And it's a good thing. We need that. We need that to grow up. But there comes a season in our spiritual life where that no longer feeds our soul. And that's what we're here for, is to feed our soul. But it's not easy to let go of that stuff. And I get it. It is not easy. But isn't it interesting that the three things the tempter tempts Jesus with are security, food security, affection, fame, and power, control. And Jesus, because he has done his preparation work in the desert, he knows who he is. He's the beloved of God. And he knows that's where his power comes from. That's where his strength comes from. And friends, we who are baptized, that's where our strength comes from, too. Not from any sense of security or affection or control. It comes from who we are in Christ, and that is beloved. Beloved children of God. And so this Lent... We're invited to really pay attention to our prayer lives and keep returning to the Lord. I don't know what that will look like for each of us. We may need something in our lives that helps us just keep returning to the Lord, returning to the Lord our God, who is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And maybe our prayer is, God, we want to be like you. We, too, want to be gracious and compassionate. We, too, want to be slow to anger. We, too, want to be abounding in steadfast love. And God will take great delight in answering that prayer. May it be true for you and for me and for we who call ourselves Christians throughout the world. Amen.